Hey everyone, this is Mark from the MJ Sports Podcast. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up before you listen to this episode. Uh, after doing some reviewing and trying to do some editing on our latest episode, uh, we had some complications that came up where uh, you may notice some long pauses, you may notice some talking over of one another, and that's not how it actually works out in real time. Um, And unfortunately, we haven't been able to edit it to change that. So we're still publishing the episode, but just wanted to let you know that we are aware. Uh, We're actually going to begin utilizing some new software um, in the next coming uh, episodes. Uh, We're planning on actually getting some new microphones. So be on the lookout for that. We're trying to improve and we're learning as this process is going along, but just wanted to give you a heads up. So... Uh, Please enjoy the next episode, and uh, hopefully you'll keep listening. Thank you. Welcome to the MJ Sports Podcast. I'm Mark, and I'm joined by Jonas, and this is your week of sports in review. Sports, 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 sports. And we're back once again looking at uh, another few days in the sports atmosphere and boy, oh boy, this might be the most cram-packed week of news in the sports world that we have seen for quite some time. Well, and if you think about it, it's not even a full week for us because we recorded our last episode late. I so, know. It was like, it was like four-day bombshell. Yeah, yeah this, so we, we've got a lot going on, uh, a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. Uh it's going to be a jam-packed episode five. That's right. Uh, well, I, I think there's only one fitting way to start this. And we're going to start in the NFL. And uh, it's going to, it's, it's a storyline that I'm sure everybody's uh, heard of at this point. It's a storyline that affects Jonas and Cowboys fans quite a bit. Uh Jonas, you want to talk about what happened with your Cowboys? Well, first of all, can I just say we actually won a game again, which feels quite nice considering I wasn't sure if we were going to win, to be honest, even though it was the Giants. But, uh, but yeah, the big news, Dak, uh, his gruesome injury. That that uh, <laughs> I just saw so many memes about – the the point when Tony Romo was like, Oh, it might just be a cramp, you know, it's, you know, it's not, maybe nothing too serious. And it's like, no, I think his ankles destroyed, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's now Andy Dalton time. So. Yeah. I, I was watching the game and I, I saw the tackle and I saw Dak in pain after the tackle and he was kind of holding his shin, you know, it looked like he was holding his shin and, you know, I was thinking, I was like, that really didn't look like a play where, you know, anything would get hurt on. Um, you know, clean hit, you know, nothing malicious about it. Don't really notice a whole lot of landing or anything like that, you know, awkwardness. And then you watch the replay again and you just, you watch it snap. And It's just the, the Giants guy like rolled up on it. Yeah, and honestly, I wasn't. You know, obviously, we know now that it was 
it was a compound fracture and a dislocation. But initially, I was thinking it might just be a really bad dislocation just from how it looked more so, uh, which obviously still would have been, you know, out for the season. But but the fact that it was a dislocation and a compound fracture is just – I'll be interested. I think he'll fight back to be able to play again. But I think uh, more importantly – you know, what, what did you think of Andy Dalton in the little bit of time that we saw him play? So, far? Well, honestly, I think you guys have the best backup quarterback in the league because Andy Dalton should be starting somewhere. Um, you know, he doesn't have the greatest – I don't think there's a ton of people around the league who realize, you know, how talented he is. He's just been in a terrible organization for his whole career. Um, I didn't. Th- I thought Andy did a good job filling in for the most part. Um, I mean, obviously, you don't expect to go in if you're Andy. Like, right? Dak's not a quarterback that's going to get get benched. You know, likely, especially not like in the middle of a game randomly. Like, you know. The only way you're going in is if he's injured. So, um, I mean, I I thought Andy did a good job. Um, I mean, he led you guys. He won the game. So yeah, I I mean th- those two passes to Gallup in the last two minutes. I was just sitting there, you know, and I know I've I've been saying like the last couple episodes, like maybe it's Andy Dalton time. You know, obviously I didn't want Dak to get hurt especially this badly to see Andy Dalton um but I don't know those two those two plays I was just kind of sitting there thinking to myself does Dak make those two throws does Dak put that much air under the ball on that pass to Gallup to let let him just run under it and I don't know I was just sitting there to myself and I was thinking I think this game goes into overtime if we had Dak still out there I mean, obviously it's kind of hard. And at least the defense, I know it looks like the defense played bad again, but the defense played a lot better. We had a, you know, defensive touchdown. And then, I mean, we gave up a pick six. So, uh, and then Andy Dalton had a botched snap, which gave him the ball, like our own 20-yard line. And that was about the only mistake that Andy made the whole, you know, whenever he came in. So I thought our defense played a lot better. I know it's just the Giants and they're horrible, but I don't know. It looked kind of positive. All I want to say, though, is maybe Andy Dalton is uh, Nick Foles 2.0. Well, I mean, I'm I'm expecting good things out of Andy. I mean, this is the best offensive line he's had in a while at least. If not ever, and this is a beat up Cowboys offensive line. Cowboys second string offensive line. Yeah, I mean the Bengals offensive line for the last couple years has been horrendous. And you got to think he's got the most weapons that he's had in a while. You know, AJ Green's dealt with a lot of injuries the last couple years. They really haven't had an established, you know, number two that's been really consistent for them over the last couple years. So, and he's got a running game 
you know, that can help take some of that focus off if Mike McCarthy continues to use that, um, which I think that's something that he needs to continue to do. But I think Andy Dalton's going to have a good season. And I think it's going to bring up the big question that's coming from this is Dak didn't, wasn't able to come to terms with a long-term deal. I mean, I've seen several players saying that Jerry should do the right thing. And some of them were throwing out the $500 million mark. And I'm like, okay, he's not Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah. I'm like, I. it's just hard. The thing is, I mean, you know, Dak's got some of that mobility. And you got to wonder off of an injury like that, you know, this, just how does that affect that? I, I have a hard time believing he's going to get the numbers he was looking for coming off of this injury. Well, here's the thing, like, Dak does have, like, mobility, but he's just not, he's not very, like, slippery. Like, I know I've said this before, he's, you know, I I don't know if, if he's really, like, any better than Andy Dalton at really running. Obviously, I don't think Dalton could run, like, a quarterback draw, but I just watched Ryan Tannehill run for like 50 yards yesterday. And I was thinking he looks about the same speed as Dak. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think mobility might be affected. Maybe he's a little bit more scared to run going into the future. I think uh, at this point, Dak has absolutely no say on whether or not he gets paid. It's all going to depend on how well does Andy Dalton play. If Andy Dalton leads us to a 10 and six record, do I don't know. I don't think Jerry's really ever been a huge fan of Dak. I think if it was up to Jerry, we would have stuck with Romo. It was more Stephen Jones that was the one, you know, Jerry Jones' son that was the one saying, okay, let's keep Dak, keep Dak, you know, get rid of Romo. So I almost think Jerry, if if Andy plays decently enough to, to get us to like 9-7, and 10-6 in the playoffs, maybe once a playoff game, I don't know if, I don't even know if we'd pay Dak because we'd probably get Andy Dalton for the Ryan Tannehill money of like $17 million a year versus, you know, $35, 40000000 million a year. So, I don't know. It's I don't think Dak is really going to have a choice. It's just, you know, obviously if Andy Dalton plays bad, then it's going to be like, mm, okay, I guess it's time to pay Dak no matter what here. But, but yeah. I'm not sure Dak... So someone's going to, you know, regardless of Andy Dalton's performance, someone's going to pay Dak. I just don't think it's going to be for the long-term deal that he was looking for. Because uh, I think he was looking for at least five years, if I'm not mistaken. No, no. The So the Cowboys were wanting him to sign five-year, and I think it was like $40 million, something like that. And Dak wanted a four-year deal, so then he could – hit like another super max mm. um, after that four years up. I, I don't know. If, I don't know what the differentiation was between that. Somehow if he, if he took a four year deal, then he could make more money on his next deal versus if he took five years, then he couldn't, you know, so, something like that, you know, but interesting. But now you're probably, if Dak's probably thinking like, mm, maybe I should have taken the five year deal, but obviously it's hard to know 
you the future, but right. Well, what I was saying with that is, regardless, four or five years, I think his best bet is going to probably be having to sign a one or two year deal, just to prove, you know, that you know, because he's going to have some he's going to have some rust to knock off after a year off. I mean, that's separate from the ankle injury. And then just to show that that ankle's healthy, I mean, he could get franchise tagged by you guys again, honestly, or, um, you know, maybe he agrees to that on his own. But if he's looking to make a specific dollar amount per year and he's not willing to budge on that, I think he's going to have to take a one- or two-year deal. I think at this point he could do like a Teddy Bridgewater deal, like which was like two or three years, you know, maybe thirty. He could probably get more than Teddy Bridgewater did, but yeah, I think I think you're right. I think he's gonna have to take a two or three. And if he took a three year deal, then that would equate to the four year deal he was kind of looking for, um, to where he could then get another super max or whatever it is. But well, and honestly, I think there's teams out there who would pay him, like, Philip Rivers money on, like, a one- or two-year deal. Like, you know, right. I, there's, the quarterback need is so high. Like, I don't, and you know, I don't think Philip Rivers is – personally, I don't think Philip Rivers is going to last another season with the Colts. I think, I think this is probably it for him. So, I, I've seen some – you know, potential landing spots because, you know, first thing everyone starts to do is speculate when an injury like this happens and Dak's not signed for next year. But I'm sure there's teams out there who are willing to give him relatively close to what he was asking for, just not for the length he's wanting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, the the injury the injury gods – give and they take away and they took away Dak for the year but they return Alex Smith (laughs) yeah this was uh this was shocking because honestly I didn't think Alex Smith was going to step on a football field again like you know even even after he was cleared this offseason I was like oh he's probably gonna you know more so be there to be a like a mentor to Dwayne Haskins, you know, something like that. I didn't ever realistically see him getting back into the game. Well, you know, Dwayne Haskins supposedly wasn't feeling well, so he didn't travel with the team. And Kyle Allen gets knocked out with a concussion. And there's Alex Smith. And I think everybody was kind of holding their breath a little bit, just, you know, he got cleared, so you know that, you know, medically speaking, the leg's supposed to be fine, but all of those posts, you know, all those pictures, you know, of his leg, it's just hard to believe that he could – I think everybody was worried that his leg would collapse after being hit by a lineman or well, anything like that. Did, did you see that clip of Aaron Donald after Aaron Donald sacked him on, like, his third play back? Like he's like that mf'er is uh, <laughs> that mf'er's leg is strong, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I think you're 
which last week I was saying maybe Alex Smith sneaks his way back in there, you know. Um, but it still is shocking. And the thing with his leg, like actually where his leg broke, and I don't know how like the the infection, you know, might have changed this, but where his leg broke is actually technically stronger than it was before. It's just the surrounding part, you know, the, the, the parts of the bone right near the break are going to be, you know, kind of the weaker, you know, I guess it's like if you, I'm trying to think of a good example, but I can't think of an example, but it's just the, the parts of his bone where are closer to the break are going to be the part that, that ends up breaking again. It wouldn't be like the same break in the same spot, but, but yeah, it was, it was cool to see. I honestly, I hope they win some games. Yeah, no, honestly, it, it's a, it's a fantastic comeback story. I think they said it was something like 640 days or something. Yeah. Since the injury, I mean, I mean, after after everybody heard what happened, nobody was thinking he'd ever make it back. Right. And uh, you know, I I know, you know, he did. He's he's got some rust to knock off, but you know, it's really a cool thing to watch. Um, you know, someone who, when the infection struck, they were talking could potentially lose his leg. Right. Actually, actually, still being able to be out there um, and playing. So, well, if you're Washington, yeah. do you try to uh, you keep Alex Smith out there and try to win some games in a crappy division, or do you try to just tank for Trevor Lawrence at this point? Like, what what do you what do you, what would you do? Honestly. At this point, as long as Alex Smith feels healthy, I'm putting Alex Smith out there. I saw reports that they were trying to trade Dwayne Haskins. I don't know if there's any truth to that. I've I don't think Ron I don't think Dwayne Haskins is Ron Rivera's quarterback. Right. You know? So I I don't think he has any commitment to him. He benched him. You know, there's all sorts of reports coming out about some of that stuff and it's hard to confirm what's true and what's not. But personally, I think you keep Alex Smith out there. I don't think they're going to win a ton of games with Alex Smith. I mean, he's going to have, he has a lot that he's going to, a lot of rust that he's going to have to knock off that team. You know, that offensive line still isn't good. Uh, Their defense still has some holes to fill. Honestly, I, I think they can still compete to get Trevor Lawrence, even with Alex Smith at quarterback at this point. Yeah, I think you're right. Personally, I'd try to go for Lawrence more, but, I mean, you don't really have too many options unless you just want to put Dwayne Haskins back out there, which I don't think really anybody wants to do. But, but yeah. Yeah, I, I just – I don't see Haskins – He's had a pretty rough, you know, and, and maybe he latches on with another team. Um, and, you know, in a different system, he he succeeds. But, I mean, just what we've seen over the last year and a half, I just don't think Washington's the right place for him. And I think Ron, Ron Rivera is not going to be someone who's going to stick with somebody 
that he doesn't want. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. So, and with all the new changes coming, they're going to look for a full rebrand. You know, they're not going to have any issues cutting ties with them. I don't think. Yeah. It's still there's still a few years away. I think he's so. just Josh Rosen 2.0. So honestly, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's quite Josh Rosen at this point. But, um, but moving on, um, you know, Alex Smith's a veteran quarterback in this league, and. You know, he's got that comeback story. Let's talk about another veteran quarterback, uh, Drew Brees. Uh, you know, he went up against Justin Herbert, the rookie sensation. Uh, and they were just barely able to edge out uh, the Chargers, honestly, by a few inches on a field goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, tough luck for the Chargers, but, uh, I gotta say, I I think Herbert outperformed Breeze in this game. Yeah, I I uh, am. I just want to say sorry, Mark, for doubting your NFL prowess on saying that Herbert is going to be a good quarterback. Because I, I I think I agree with you after uh, after that game. Because they they should have won. They should have won. And really, only the Chargers and the Lions continuously find ways to lose these games. But maybe with Herbert in the future, they can uh, change the outcomes. Well, and honestly, um, I mean, Herbert had to put up a good, great performance. I actually think they win this game. And I know a lot of people are referencing the missed field goal there at the end or the mixed up. Missed extra point, um, but at the beginning of the second half, they just stopped throwing the ball on early downs. Like I would just, wa- I was just watching, and I'm like, Herbert's been playing great tonight. And then they'd run it twice, pick up like three yards, and then the defense knows you're passing. Yeah. And, you know this. This is a pretty, pretty decent Saints defense. Like, you know, maybe if you're playing. I don't know, Seahawks defense, you're, you know, you can get away with that. But against good defenses, when they know you're going to pass, they're going to be able to stop it. And they really didn't get back to throwing on the early downs until middle of the fourth quarter again. And that's something that really surprised me. I, I think some of the play calling costs them. Well, that game. yeah, just, I mean, I never agree with being conservative. You know, obviously you want to stay balanced, but. I don't know. I think the combination of them being ahead, you know, by 14 or whatever it was, and Keenan Allen being out the rest of the game, maybe they were thinking, you know, we tried to run it more here. But, yeah, I agree. I I just – being conservative is just not the way to win games in this league. So – and then I guess – well, go ahead. Well, Well, I I was just going to say, and looking at Herbert as a quarterback, you know, so, you know, I think a lot of people are going to make comparisons between Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, you know, throughout this season. And, you know, I'll tell you my opinion. Personally, I think Herbert is more NFL ready at this point. 
but I think Burrow has a higher ceiling. Now, granted, Burrow's on a much worse team, but I think they're different quarterbacks. Uh, you know, watching Herbert, I think Herbert's, you know, kind of, he's a slinger, you know. He's somebody, you know, if, just watching the game. Granted, he made some throws he shouldn't have. Um, you know, some he tried fitting into some double coverages sometimes, and he got lucky they didn't get picked, but he's just got so much confidence out there. Like, there's a lot of rookies who won't make some of those throws. Like, there's a lot of veteran quarterbacks who will just hold on to the ball and take a sack instead of trying to fit it in there. And personally, I like that, you know. I grew up watching Brett Favre, and Favre slung it. So he wasn't afraid to throw a pick every once in a while or try to fit a ball into a tight window. So I like watching Herbert, and he's not afraid to stand in there and take a hit either. I think he's just fun yeah, to watch. I'd agree. I think he's fun to watch. I also think this in this game, it almost seemed like both, especially – you know, both these coaches, Anthony Flynn and Sean Payton, are both, you know, pretty good coaches, but they almost seem like they're both coaching to lose the game instead of to win or or almost to not lose the game instead of just to outright win the game. Because I don't know why, but Sean Payton, every time they'd get to the red zone, the Saints, they'd put in Taysom Hill on like third and eight. And it's like, why why are you putting Taysom Hill in the game right now in a scoring opportunity situation? And then you just run the ball with him. You, you run like a quarterback draw or like an option. And besides that one play where he had the touchdown, all the other plays failed horribly with Taysom Hill. I just don't get continuously putting him in, you know, on high pressure downs or in scoring opportunity downs. But especially when Breeze leads you down the field, you know, even if it's little dump offs, it just didn't make any sense to me. Well, and the thing with those plays, too, is Taysom Hill almost never throws the ball on those plays. Like when you see him come into the game and line up in the quarterback position, he, you almost always know that he has no intention to throw it. Like, they almost, even though he's a quarterback, I mean, I, I don't remember what the numbers are. I I looked it up at one point, but on those types of plays, it was astonishingly, astonishingly uh, low percentage uh, of attempts at actually throwing the ball there. So I think defenses have just gotten to the point where they're playing it like an option when they see him out there, and that's part of the issue. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, you have Drew Brees, who's a future Hall of Famer, uh, you know, drives you down the field. Why not let him finish the drive? Yeah, I mean, it just, it, it's just so odd. <laughs> I just, I don't know. The Saints, really, at, whenever they're, the Chargers were about to kick the field goal, the, the storyline I was going to raise was, you know, man, the Saints are two and three and the Cowboys are two and three. Like, how does that make you feel? But because, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I've kind of been thinking the Saints would, would have a worse record for like the past three years and they keep almost like overperforming to me uh, the last couple of years. 
And I think this year we're finally starting to see, you know, maybe this is more of the Saints team that that is gonna gonna be here for, you know, until they get a new quarterback themselves. But well, and I mean, you have to think Michael Thomas has been out True. too. Bob clearly Drew Brees' favorite target seems to lead the league and everything when he plays a full season. So you got to think that'll help their offense a little bit because right now Alvin Kamara is the one carrying the offense on his back. I mean, he's just a, you know, throw a little two-yard dump off and who knows what he's going to turn it into. I mean, he's real fun to watch once he gets the ball into his hands. So maybe when they get Thomas back, that'll free him up a little bit more. Uh, and you got to think, I mean, they've also got uh, Latavius Murray. Maybe they can get him involved a little bit more too. I mean, they, they have some good pieces. I just, I think Drew Brees, you know, clearly he's on the decline. He's not getting any better and it is hurting them a little bit, but yeah. I mean, personally, I think they're going to regret not, not uh, retaining Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I, I think that was a mistake because I don't I I don't think Breeze I I think there's a good shot Breeze retires at the yeah. end of the season. Well, I think Breeze would have retired at the yeah. end of any of the last two seasons had they like won the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of maybe a little bit underwhelming quarterback performances lately. Somebody you wouldn't even think about having underwhelming performances as a quarterback, uh, Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've got to give credit to the Raiders' defense. So, like, I mean, if you watch the game, they did a great job of covering wide receivers. Um, and, they, I mean, they, they did force Mahomes' first pick of this season. I mean, I think I think that was a big part of it. And honestly, I think the second biggest thing is, you know, last week I talked about I didn't think Derek Carr was going to be able to keep pace with Patrick Mahomes, but I was completely <laughs> wrong on that. Um, I, I think Derek Carr, I mean, he's slow. He's kind of quietly put up a real solid season so far. Yeah. So, I and I mean, Henry Ruggs, I mean, he had a he had some nice plays. I think he's emerging as, you know, their big yeah. deep threat. So, I mean, I, I've just got to give – I just think they honestly got outplayed. I don't know if it was necessarily a bad performance on the Chiefs yeah. part. Yeah, well, I think the Raiders stuck to – you know, it almost seemed like they simultaneously stuck to what they're good at, which is like running the ball with Josh Jacobs, doing play action. But then also, you know – they still kind of had to outscore the Chiefs, you know, because it was it was forty to thirty two. So they they stuck with what they were good at, and then they also were able to mix in some surprising plays, you know, like like they ran that play action and then threw the seventy yard pass to Rugs for a touchdown, and man, he is fast. Uh, but uh, is. so yeah, I think if they can stick to that formula, I just the Raiders are a team that it seems when it gets to clutch moments, they just find a way 
to choke it away. They finally won a game where it seemed like this is this is one Mahomes wins the game, you know, more so at the end. But, you know, they finally held on against a really good team. So I just hope they can keep it up because I like the Raiders. I like John Gruden. So. Yeah, I, I think it's a fun team to watch for sure. Um, especially if rugs can keep it up. Cause I mean, it wasn't just the 70 yard touchdown and his speed. He had that one right. where he went up and got it. I mean, just, you know, not a catch you'd necessarily expect a rookie wide receiver to make. And I mean, he just looks like a complete athlete out there. I mean, he's, I think he's got a lot of potential out there. So, uh, I'm not going to sleep on the Raiders anymore. <laughs> yeah, but as soon as we pick them this week, well, actually, I think they have a bye this week, but, you know, they'd be playing somebody like the Dolphins yeah. next week and lose somehow, but. <laughs> yeah. Well. Speaking of a team that lost to the Dolphins. This... <laughs> uh, 40... 49ers. Uh Man, that was a smackdown. Mark, Man, I, was I wrong? I told you <laughs> last <laughs> week that I, I hope you, I wish you would have picked the Dolphins because that would have been our big brain pick. Now you made us look bad. Okay. <laughs> okay. But here's the deal you could not even you who picked them could have expected well, that I, kind of no, beat. I didn't down. expect that like, kind of beat down, but I was thinking, well, they squeeze it out, maybe. But I mean, that was, that was. Horrible. Jimmy G, man, I mean, he looked awful. Yeah. And I don't know if it was his ankle, if that's the excuse they want to use that, oh, he was hurt, you know. But they they said it was precautionary. They said it was because basically it sounded like, you know, they kind of rushed him back and they didn't want to leave him in for another half, partially because of injury. And my guess is part of it's for confidence, but. I don't well, know. That was the, the two bad. interceptions they I mean, threw. I don't know how you could say that was his ankle because it's not like it's not like they yeah. were, which they were bad throws, I guess, but they were just like horrible decisions. Like he shouldn't have thrown the ball there anyway, much less that he threw a horrible pass. But yeah. Uh, and I mean, they're they're in trouble if Jimmy G can't get back, you know, to where he was last year at least, because uh, their backup option, uh, CJ Beathard, uh, no. not much. Well, better. <laughs> I already think I already think they are in trouble because their defensive injuries are just. I think they're way too much to overcome. I just, I mean, they allowed forty three. Points to the Dolphins, and obviously a couple of those off turnovers and whatnot. But still, forty-three points to the Dolphins is like, are you joking me right yeah. now? Yeah, they're they're in a little bit of trouble. I think uh, they unfortunately had that terrible week against the Jets, where half of their starters seemed to get injured. So. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's got his hands full, um, especially yeah. in that division. But 
you know, this, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be a tough season to watch. In my opinion, if you're a 49ers fan, just because of those injuries. Yeah, I'd agree. But, well, speaking of another team in that division, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, who continues to cook, uh, led a comeback against the Vikings, uh, which, you know, honestly, watching the game, I thought, you know, if you watch the first half, you think the Vikings are going to run away with this thing. Uh, but I think the big question everyone's asking is, should the Vikings have gone for it on fourth down? Okay, well, if we look at it straight from that decision, well, I, I just want to say the first mistake they made was going it for, for two in the third quarter, or the, maybe it was like ten minutes in the fourth quarter, something like that. They could just kick the extra point there, uh, but they decided to go for two, didn't get it, and they run a quarterback draw on that, two-point conversion play with Kirk Cousins, which that whole thing just didn't make sense. But I'll just ignore that they did that for now. I say absolutely yes, they should have gone for that. You try to win the game right there. Because if you kick the field goal, uh, then guess what? Literally the same thing happens. They go to overtime, and then you're hoping you get the ball first. Because if you don't, the Seahawks won the game. So, I. Absolutely agree. I think they should have gone for it just because with the way the Seahawks offense is playing right now, I mean, you pretty much could guarantee that they're going to go down the field when they get the ball back. And like you said, you better hope that you get it back first in overtime and that Kirk Cousins can lead you down for a touchdown because if he doesn't, the Seahawks are going to win. So... I mean, the Vikings are getting better. I also think the fourth and one play call was horrible. They reigned up the middle. I think he still could have got it. But that entire night, they were killing them on play action. They were killing the Seattle defense for like five and six yard little play action plays. And they even could have like four times in the fourth quarter, Adam Thielen ran like a five yard out route and got a first down just because he was, he's good at making cuts. Like, he could have just done that again, or he could have ran a play action and just dumped it to Kyle Rudolph for three yards. I just think everyone tries to be – they were being aggressive yet conservative at the same time. It's like the most aggressive call to try to win the game, but cons- the most conservative call to just run it up the middle on fourth and one. So, Right. Well, and you and me have talked about this for a long time, how it drives us crazy that – Teams on third and one or fourth and one, you know, situations where the defense is anticipating a run, they stack the box and you still run it up the middle. Or at least do like something like a quarterback sneak. You just have a quarterback sneak and just have your fullback just drive Kirk Cousins forward or give it or just do a fullback dive, you know, something that they're not going to expect. There's just so many other play calls that would work. I agree, and I think part of it could be – I mean, here's the thing. The people are going to rip it apart if you don't get it. So if you try to pass in that situation and Kirk Cousins overthrows Adam Thielen, people are going to whine and complain and say you should have run it up the middle. Like, <laughs> there's just no well, way to win that well, right there, honestly. Fans are going to complain either way. 
but I, I fourth and one. Yeah, I, well, I'm not well, running I, it up. Well, you just said, you know, like, if Kirk Cousins overthrows it, you know, you have bad – the fans say he should run it up the middle. But literally we just saw that because they didn't get the, the conversion. Now all the fans are like, oh, you should have kicked the field goal. You know, all the commentators, we should have kicked the field goal. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, but if they would have got it, then you would have been saying, oh, man, they're, they're geniuses. Yes. You know, it's just uh, the media yeah. – the sports media is just—they're just gonna tilt whichever way makes them look smarter, obviously. So, right. Well, and, th- and that's part of what being a broad—you know—broadcaster, sports reporter is—is, is, I mean, you're you're basically just trying to come off as smart. So, regardless, you know, it doesn't matter. Someone could drop a brilliant play, and you know, wide receiver just drops it. Like it could be a perfectly thrown ball. Adam Thielen's wide open, and it just goes off. He just drops it for some reason, and people would, you know, they'd still say it's a bad it's play call. It's wild. Like, <laughs> it's it just, but it, yeah, it's it's a little bit ridiculous. But I mean, personally, I'm I'm never a fan of a run up the middle on fourth and one. At least try to do. I mean, at least try to do a runoff. If you're going to run, try to run off the tackle or something, in my opinion, or do a quarterback sneak. Like, you just know they're going to stash sh- that I, box. I don't even mind, like, shotgun so. runs on, on third and or fourth and one because they have to spread right. it out. It just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough play. I mean – you know, Vikings fans at least have got to feel like at least their team is improving. But not a great start for them so far, especially in this division where the Packers and the Bears are are both yeah. kind of. Well, I'd away say the most it. disappointing thing about that game was if the Vikings would have got that, I would have won my fantasy matchup this week. But uh, just just because <laughs> Russ Wilson and DK Metcalf are just fantasy gurus but yeah apparently Russ doesn't want to throw to Tyler Lockett right now which uh I kind of heard I told you never made that trade (laughs) at least he's playing Chris Godwin hasn't been playing (laughs) so but anyways moving on moving on um you know our, our next our next one story is talking about uh, the Browns, uh, who actually dominated a good team for once. Which, you know, the Browns have put up some impressive numbers this year, but they really haven't had that difficult of a schedule. Um, you know, going out and they beat Indy this week. Uh, I think the big question though is, I was watching that game. Philip Rivers looked horrible. <laughs> I mean. I mean, he looked awful. I mean, in my opinion, you know, I'm watching that game and I'm thinking, you, you honestly should just, at this point, you might as well put Brissett in. You know, I feel like you can't do any worse and there's potentially more upside there. I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you think Rivers should be benched at any point? Do you think he? Do you think it's realistic uh, that he'd be benched? I don't know if he'd be benched just because they paid him all that money. And I think you've kind of seen the in effect of not having preseason 
with all these quarterbacks that are on new teams. I mean, like Teddy Bridgewater, they lose their first two games, uh, but then they win their next three. Tom Brady looks terrible against the Saints. Then they win a couple games and are in a close one against the Bears. Uh, I mean, even Nick Foles in his first start looked kind of shaky. You know, like he didn't really know the the offense. Then he beats the Buccaneers the next week. Uh, so, and I think Phillip Rivers, you know, look, they lost to Jacksonville. Then they win a couple. And then obviously he did look pretty, pretty terrible there. Um, but I don't know. I say you stick with Rivers for now. Just, I mean, they are three and two. Their division, I mean, the Titans look pretty good, but I think they could get a wild card for sure still. Um, but I think literally since Andrew Luck retired, I think every day since that day, every Colts fan has been praying that he comes back uh, just because no one, no one's going to be Andrew Luck for them. So, Yeah. And, well, and I believe Frank Reich was asked about uh, Rivers' performance, and I'm pretty sure the response he gave was something along the lines of, uh, Rivers is the least of our problems right now. So uh, I, I don't anticipate a benching anytime soon, if ever. Um, it's just a thought that popped into my head that, you know, if, if Rivers – I mean, Rivers clearly – and you made an excellent point. All No preseason for all of these quarterbacks that have new homes are trying to learn new systems uh, with along with new players. You know, I, I do think that's uh, that's why we're seeing those guys kind of struggle. So I think that's definitely a part of it, too. But, I mean, he's also got one of the best offensive lines in the game. He just needs wow. to not turn the ball so. over as much, and I think they'd be okay. Um, because they've kind of, you know, whenever they had Andrew Luck, they are kind of relying on, on him to to just go out and win games for him. But now, you know, after they, you know, like the, the two years before he retired, they were kind of like, oh, I guess it's time to start drafting other positions. And now they're kind of almost set up where the quarterback doesn't really need to do a whole lot. So I feel Rivers just needs to take better care of the ball, and I think they'll be okay. And then, you know, maybe the Browns are actually, are actually a good team. You know, maybe this, maybe this is their year to – to uh, well, not necessarily get to the Super Bowl, but at least make the playoffs. I mean, they certainly have a lot of good pieces there, so it wouldn't shock me. Um, just going back to the Colts real quick, I think one of the other keys for them, I think they need to give Jonathan Taylor more touches personally. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've been kind of looking at his snap count, and he he's been playing well so far. And the thing is, rookie running backs, it takes them a little while because, you know, college defenders and NFL defenders, very big difference. Um, but I I think if they give him more opportunities to run, especially early in the game, that'll open up a lot more of the run game later in the game when they're worn down. And they'll really be able to choose some clock and move down the field. So I think that's a key for them as well. Maybe take a little pressure off of Rivers and put it on the shoulders of 
one of the greatest yeah. Wisconsin well, running backs. I, I definitely think over time Taylor will uh, will show that he should have been the first running back picked. I think he's already looked like the best running back, even over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that too. I mean, it was a good running back class this year, honestly. I mean, between those two and Dobbins and some of the other running backs picked, I, I think this is going to be another good class. But. Well, I guess next we can move on to the will-be 16-0 and Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Tannehill. He's looking like uh, maybe he can carry the team after all. Yeah, I I got to say, he, I mean, you can't argue with the results. He's looked great, and Derrick Henry looked real refreshed. Um, you know, he, he kind of got, you know, part of it, he's, he's struggled a little bit, and I think that's part of just teams flat out playing the run most of the game to start but um you know the other night he looked he looked pretty good again so i still don't think they're 16 and 0 but they do they do look like a good football team i, well, uh, I can't I lie mean, there and once again their defensive game plan and their defensive playing you know, shuts down Josh Allen, who's, I mean, he's top three MVP voting right now. I mean, their their defense seems to be able to find ways well, to, you know, shut down really good offenses. So, Well, and their offense was able to yeah. move the ball against a good defense, too. I mean, the, the Bills are a good team. So it's not like this is, you know, some – you know, crappier middle-of-the-road team. I mean, the Bills have really impressed so far this season on both sides of the ball. So this is a real solid win for them. Granted, they had like 16 days or something Well, off, I mean, but, that could work. The, the 16 you know, days off could work either way just because, you know, they, they're getting rested. But they also didn't really have any practices. I think I saw they had like three walkthrough practices before the game, and that was it. <laughs> Well, yeah. Three official yeah. walkthrough practices. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I, no, I, I think Tennessee's a, a good team once again. They definitely aren't a – they aren't a fluke. So I, and I, th- I think Rabel's doing an excellent job with them as well. So I, they're, they're the kind of team that – scares me as a Packers fan because Derrick Henry going up against our defense absolutely horrifies me. <laughs> um, you well, know, that, that's I don't just think a team I don't worry about because I don't think there's any so. way they get to the Super Bowl, but who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe they do. <laughs> maybe, Maybe maybe this is the oh, year we Mark, get the, maybe this is the uh, year Farm Super Bowl that we have two <laughs> eighteen and O teams playing each other in the Super Bowl: the Packers versus the Titans. <laughs> oh. oh, that would be that would be wild. 
<laughs> that would be absolutely insane. <laughs> but well, we can only hope. Um, you know, we'll 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 see how the season progresses for them. But so far, they've looked great. Um, but you know who hasn't looked great? Oh yeah, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he was just released by the Jets. Now, this is a man who uh, has been terrible for the Jets, especially for the price they paid him. Um, You know, coming out of Pittsburgh, where, you know, he had a successful run, uh, was real solid uh, in the receiving game for them as a running back. You know, because things kind of went south there at the end. Uh, Bell started holding out for a contract. Pittsburgh didn't want to give it to him. So he held out. Jets gave him the money. Uh, it, it was something like $27 million guaranteed and uh, $50, $50 million something overall. Um, they, they just cut him. And, I mean, he hasn't played at all for them, really, over the last couple games so this just shows that you know he, I think he was a toxic presence in their locker room uh, he publicly yeah, ripped Adam Gase was it was clear Adam Gase didn't like him um, granted I think there's a lot of Jets players who probably don't like Adam I Gase think- either but at least they don't voice it on social media you know, I think that's where the real problem comes. Once you start taking locker room opinions and dishing them out to the press, I think that's where it becomes a real problem. And that's what Bell did. And they cut him, and he walks away with his $27 million, uh, as a free man. And the Jets you are know, just happy that they're free of him. <laughs> this just goes well, – well, there's two points I'm going to make here. First of all, this makes the Steelers look like absolute geniuses. The Steelers are confident in who they can draft and believe they can draft to replace these people. So, you know, it is interesting that Brown and Bell both are now not on a team. Uh, and then also point two is that this just goes to show that you should never pay running backs in the NFL. I've been saying this ever since Zeke got paid that, you know, we really didn't need to do that. We could have just signed, you know, we drafted Tony Pollard. We could have just gone with Pollard and signed somebody else for way cheaper and, you know, paid, you know, maybe somebody like Earl Thomas on the defense or something. But no, we have this huge salary hit for Zeke who pretty much ever since he got paid, is been basically well not not worthless but not near at the production he was so yeah it's and and that's the thing a lot of teams struggle with is paying the running backs because the running backs you know the top tier running backs you know who put up you know good seasons they always want to reset the market you know Quarterbacks always want to reset the market. Running backs want the same thing. 
issue with running backs is running backs don't last as long, unfortunately. And they're a lot more injury prone. And honestly, in a lot of cases, if you have a good offensive line, you can get fairly similar production from another good back. I mean, you know, if you look at the difference, uh, you know, if you compare running backs, you know, like, you know, think of DeMarco Murray, you know, a little bit, put up a phenomenal season behind your guys' offensive line, uh, you know, leaves, goes to Tennessee, uh, not quite as good of a line. Right. Doesn't it's put just, up those numbers anymore. I mean, even now that we have a more beat up offensive line, Zeke has, like, honestly, Pollard has looked better at making, like, little cuts and juke moves than Zeke has. Like, Zeke seems like he just gets the ball and just kind of falls down, um, like, after, like, three or four yards. Like, he has not been putting up, like, any super long runs, like, 50-yard runs the last two years. I don't think last year he even had a run that was longer than, like, yeah. 15 yards, which – well, and the thing is, a lot of teams use a committee now. Like, we're not seeing single back backfields anymore. I mean, for Pete's sake, the Packers put four running backs out on some plays. Like, you know, teams have now shifted to using a two running back approach. And I think there's also been more of an emphasis put on pass catching backs. You know, I, I think they're more valuable to teams. You know, we've gotten to that point. Because if you can line someone up in the backfield, you know, and you get a fat, you know, you have a relatively fast running back who can catch the ball like a wide receiver. Most of the time, coming out of the backfield, they're going to be covered by a linebacker. And frankly, there's not a ton of great coverage linebackers out there, so that can be a huge weapon. And so I, you know, I think these one-dimensional backs that can't catch the ball, sure they can, you know, ground and pound, but kind of limits right what you can do yeah. for your offense it's yeah i just think it's that's the way it's going and that's the direction the league's going and i just think some teams are a little bit slower than others making that that uh, change yeah so if you had to pick one team where you think Le'Veon Bell would be the best fit. Man, I, I like I've heard maybe like the Dolphins maybe, but they have. I mean, they still have like Jordan Howard. They have that Miles Gasson guy who's like I think he's a rookie, or maybe a, this is a second year, and he's looked pretty good to start. I mean. Like, to be honest, I don't know if there's any team that really, like, desperately needs a running back. Like, I I just don't know. I don't know where he's going. I, I think, if anything, you're going to have him go somewhere and end up like a Chubb and Kareem Hunt duo. But. So, personally, in my opinion, I think he'd be a good fit for the Bears. And my main reason for that is because Tariq Cohen's out for the year. So I think it could be a good move by the Bears because Bell's a good pass-catching back. 
You know, you give him space in the backfield after he gets the ball. He can make something work with it. Now, they, they do have Cordell Patterson they can use for that, but frankly, I think the Bears are better off using him more at wide receiver, um, you know, more as like maybe a third wide receiver. Uh, I don't know. I think I think that could be an interesting destination for him. I don't think the Bears would have much use yeah, for him beyond just, one year. I, I just but. don't. See him being worth my time if I'm an NFL GM. Well, and personally, I don't see him signing anywhere during the season because you got to think there's all the protocols for bringing someone in for workouts. I mean, honestly, he's probably happy just to take his money and sit out for the rest of the year, you know, and then maybe try again in the offseason. But I just I don't see unless there's like a major injury and someone has a major running back need I don't see it happening but honestly if that injury did come up I mean do we really know if Le'Veon Bell could fill those shoes like with what he's shown with his time in the Jets I I, I mean, don't think I don't, so. I don't think he's had a 100 yard ball, game with but him. yeah I but, I don't I once again I just don't know if he's I mean, you're kind of thinking, okay, the Steelers were right about Antonio Brown getting rid of him. I imagine everyone would be thinking, like, mm, I think everyone, you know, if the Steelers got rid of Brown and Bell, I don't know. Unless he's just, like, super cheap, I I wouldn't even bother. But I think he, I don't I think see he's just greedy. Cheap. I think he's a greedy yeah. player. Yeah. Who just cares about making as much money as possible? Doesn't really care too much about winning, as long as he gets good stats and gets gets his money. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, I think that's pretty much it for our storylines. Uh, before we go in with our picks for this week, uh, we wanted to update everyone on our overall records uh, so far for the picks. Um, and uh, yeah, so we got Jonas, who's 41-18-1. Uh, pretty good record, this, actually. This past week and that uh, first week where we where we got like almost every single – which actually we, we started this week two. So this is week two through five. But, yeah, week two whenever we got almost every game right. Yes. And then this past week for me – uh, really helped me out. But... Yeah, this past week did not help me out. Um, granted, I've been making some. I've been trying to make some bold picks across the board to maybe try to, you know, advance my record just a little bit. But I'm thirty six, twenty three, and one, which isn't as good as Jonas. It's still pretty good. I think it's, it's just... still a respectable. Really, we were tied up until this last week. Whenever. You just happened to make, like, you picked the Chargers, you know, that was almost right, and I just went with the Saints. You just have been off on a couple of your bold picks, which you have to pick, like, you have to pick in order to to win, it's, really. Yeah. Oh, I well, was going to there's ask. still plenty I, of time for me to uh, catch up, so. Maybe you wanted to put, uh, like, uh, $10 on whoever ends with the, the better record or something. 
and Kidoki. So I'm good. all for that. Let's do it. You know, probably not wise considering I'm already playing from behind when we make this bet, but you know what? Let's do it. So we'll start with our picks for the week. Uh, first matchup we're going to pick is the Broncos at the Patriots. Uh, yeah, you know, well, we both picked what the I'm Patriots, going with the Patriots this past week. I don't uh, see why we would ch- pick any different this week. Yeah, the Broncos starting a great spot. So, and the Patriots, they've hung in with some good teams. You know, frankly, they've just had some unlucky times with Cam being out, but it's Cam back. Uh, I think they win this game pretty handily. Um, next, we've got the Texans at the Titans. I'm going to guess we're both picking the Titans because the Titans going 16-0. Yes. I, guess. Super Bowl. <laughs> I think this will be a close game, to be honest. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess I'll go with the Titans just to stick with the narrative. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you can you can pick against the Titans. Well, once they lose, then they, they're <laughs> once they lose back again, 9 and 7. But... There's no in-between. It's either 9 and 7 or 16 and 9. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we've got an interesting matchup here. We've got the Browns at the Steelers. Oh, uh, man, this is hard. <laughs> what are you thinking? Um, my gut is still saying I can't pick the Browns, so I'm going to say the Steelers. I've said it every week. You know, Steelers defense is just too good. Um. I think they're, you know, one of the things Baker really struggles with is when he's under pressure. And that Steelers defense consistently keeps you under pressure. So uh, this, I, this is going to be a tough one. This, this could be a close game. But I think the Browns will put up a good fight, but the Steelers are going to pull it out too. Uh, next, we've got the Ravens at the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I just going like with the seeing Ravens. the Eagles schedule. <laughs> you know, I look at the Eagles schedule after Sunday, and I was like, ah, it's good to see they're going to lose most of these games. <laughs> so yeah, the the Ravens. Yeah. yeah, Ravens are. We've got a major talent mismatch here, so. Uh, next, we've got Washington uh, I'll at let the you Giants. Pick this one first. So there's a part of me that wants to pick Washington just for Alex Smith, but there's a sensible side to me that doesn't want to lose any more games to Jonas by making bold picks. And you know the Giants, they put up some points against Dallas. Granted, I know Dallas's defense isn't great, but neither is Washington's. I'm so, going to be bold I'm with the Giants. and just take the Redskins here because I think it would be funny if you should have picked the Redskins in this game. <laughs> Every bone in my body wants to pick the Redskins for Alex Smith, but 
I'm trying not to be bold right now. I need to make up some ground. So, which is why on our next pick, yeah, uh, you know, I'm not going to pick the Falcons. Is it for more once. bold to pick Washington uh, or to pick the Falcons? <laughs> oh, it's yeah, definitely uh, the Vikings, more, more bold. The Vikings the look better, even though Dalvin Cook will be out, but. Uh, Madison, I think, is a capable backup yeah. running back. I mean, honestly, Madison yeah. would be a starting back on a lot of teams. So, they, they, yeah, they've played much better lately. Uh, tough season for the Falcons. They got rid of Dan Quinn and their GM, but probably going to suck for the rest of the year, but should be better for them in the long run. So, uh, this next matchup's a real intriguing one. Uh, we've got the Lions at the Jaguars. Man. Uh, let's pick this one first. I'm going to go with the Lions just because I think besides the week <laughs> one fluke for Jacksonville, uh, they just, yeah, I just, I think Jacksonville is actually a pretty bad team. <laughs> and I think the Lions are, should be at least capable enough to win. I'm going to agree with you on that one. I, you know, Matthew Stafford is a much better quarterback than Gardner Minshew, in my opinion. So I think, yeah, I, I think they pulled this one out. I, I think they're, I agree. I think Jacksonville's <laughs> worse than what we previously thought. <laughs> I think we got a little hyped up after week one and wanted them to be better than what they were. <laughs> So, um, next we've got the Bengals at the Colts. Uh, I'm going with the Colts, and I just want to say prematurely, rip Joe Burrow. Um, it's going to be uh, a painful back to week back for painful him, weeks for Joe Burrow. Not that, but uh, oh yeah, the Colts. I, I guess. <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, that that offensive line does not help Burrow. Granted, I think there's some times where he needs to throw it away, but, yeah, Colts defense is just probably going to wreck them. Uh, I think this next matchup could be interesting as well. We've got I'll the Bears and the Panthers. As well. This one's tough for me. I'm going to go with the Panthers. Uh, I just... I don't know. I'm, I'm high on Teddy Bridgewater. I like Teddy Bridgewater. And granted, I know the Bears' offense isn't elite by any means, but... And they seem to be able to pull it out you know, at the end of games, but... I'm I'm going to bank on Teddy Bridgewater being able to survive. I do think the Panthers the have been surprisingly good, but I can't pick against a big Richard Foles. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, this is a total toss-up in my opinion. I think the Bears. I think the Bears have overperformed a little bit. Yeah, but 
it's hard it's hard to tell uh next we've got the jets at the dolphins and i gotta pick the dolphins because the dolphins just totally destroyed the 49ers and the jets are yeah, a whole lot I just worse than the 49ers you should pick against the jets every single week so Honestly, uh, if you streamline defenses in your fantasy league, yeah, just try to pick much. up whatever team's playing the the Jets. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be a terrible defense. Jets' offense doesn't care. I mean, you got to think we're getting to the point. I, I don't know how Adam Dan Gase Quinn has and to be Bill fired, O'Brien right? have been fired, like, but Adam Gase <laughs> hasn't been fired. It just doesn't make any sense. Because he's an offensive guru who, you know, was the one who found Peyton Manning. That's why. <laughs> Every team's hoping that. Well, I guess the Jets are hoping that Sam Darnold's Peyton Manning, but sorry. Yeah. I don't think he is. <laughs> um, next, we got the Packers at the Buccaneers, um, which initially, before the Packers buy, uh, the Buccaneers were picked as slight favorites. Uh, I, f- I believe those odds have shifted, and the Packers are now considered slight favorites. Now, I think this is going to be – this could be an interesting game. I honestly have no idea what to expect coming off of our bye week. I'm, I mean, granted, the Packers will have Devontae Adams and Kenny Clark back, um, so that should help them quite a bit on both offense and defense. I'm more interested to see how our defense, um, you know, can handle the tight ends and receiving core, Tampa Bay. But I got to go with the Packers. Yeah, well, I, remember, I'm never going to pick against them. They're also going 18 so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they look way better That's than right. the Buccaneers so far. I don't know how the Buccaneers were favorites at one point, but... I don't know. I think I think this I think this is going to be a it, bigger spread than what you think. Right. Well, and, and I'm just more interested. The Packers over the last couple of years have really struggled to cover tight ends. I'm not as concerned about the wide receivers because Jair Alexander and Kevin King they can hold their own up against Godwin and. Uh, Mike Evans, like I'm not too concerned there. It's tight ends that I'm, I'm a little more concerned about. Well, and, no, OJ you know, Howard, Howard Cameron Brayton, Ron Cassidy. So, okay, well, they've still got two good tight ends. So, I, I sorry, I don't keep up on Buccaneer the Buccaneers a whole lot. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm going with the Packers. The Rams and the 49ers. Um, yeah, I'll just I'll just take the Rams. I, I don't. Yeah. Same here. Not not much explanation needed. The Dolphins beat up on the 49ers. The Rams should do the same. Um. 
Next, we've got the Chiefs at the Bills. I think the Chiefs bounce back this week. I think, you know, I, I don't see them losing two in a row. And I still think Mahomes is light years ahead of Josh Allen. So, the Chiefs. I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs. Now, the inner competitor in me really wants to pick the Bills here. <laughs> Because I feel like this could be a trap game for the Chiefs. I just, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to pick the Bills. I, I, I can't get away from when my Reds to realize, always Mark, hoping for an upset. So. The Chiefs just played in their trap game and they lost. So. <laughs> well, they're getting two trap games. So, you know, watch out because and it's not Josh Allen you have to worry about. Uh, it's going to be Devin Singletary yeah, this week. I'm... He's going to be the real man. You know, I said Jonathan Taylor is going to have 173 rush yards. I meant Devin Singletary this week. Okay. That's what I meant. <laughs> so watch out. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, next, we've got the Cardinals at the Cowboys. Uh, two teams that have had their ups and downs this season for sure. Look, just from so here on out, pick first. I'm just never going to pick the Cowboys. <laughs> so I'm going to pick the Cardinals. <laughs> I'm going to pick you guys. Well, I'm going to roll the Cowboys. Week, so. It's Andy Dalton time. Go play it well again. <laughs> I don't know. Cardinals have just, they kind of had some rough last couple games. So I'm, uh, I'm going. I don't know if we're I'm really. With the Cowboys. I'll say if you're a betting um, person, this seems like the week to do like a 12 team parlay or something. Cause uh, there seems to be like a lot of like easy games to pick. But. Yeah. I would say our closest to a big brain is probably the Lions at Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, neither team is I wouldn't really, really consider that a big brain. That great. I mean, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Like, maybe the Rams, but even then, it's like the 49ers aren't as good as what they were last year. But... Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think of the Rams game. Look, maybe, yeah, maybe we like have a, I don't know if we have a big, big brain, brain this week. picks this week. I just my big maybe brain we pick do. is Washington, maybe we both get a big brain pick. <laughs> okay, mine's the, um, mine's going to be the Cowboys. Oh, true, true. Actually, I've got two because like, you know I'm picking the Bills too, so. <laughs> I've got the Cowboys and the Bills. No, I feel no, like that should be worth two wins if I get those right. <laughs> yes, a lengthy. Anyways, lengthy I think that pretty much wraps up football. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to get into a little bit of NCAA later, but let's take a break and talk about baseball for a minute. Um, you know, let's start off 
talking about the Rays. Uh, the Rays yeah. have looked fantastic so far this postseason. Um, I mean, for a team that's quietly built their roster, slowly made moves, you know, they've they've built a really nice team yeah, that well, should be good for years to come. I mean, right now they're losing a uh, game four. Uh, four to two in the bottom of the eighth, but uh, I mean they could still end up. They have one more in, inning to to try to win that one. But three zero being up three zero, I, I don't see. Unfortunately, I don't see the Astros getting uh, back to the World Series for me. But uh, I don't mind the race. I like the race. They're kind of like what the Brewers have tried doing, just putting together like you know a couple of superstars couple of really good pitchers and then the rest are kind of just good good players you know solid players but yeah i mean they're both small market teams so there's definitely a lot of similarities there you know you kind of think similar to what kansas city did during their their uh world series run as well you know those there's a lot in common between these teams you know they they cut, you know, kind of bring talent up from their farm system. They make they they make trades that, you know, may not seem super impactful at the beginning, but they're for players that potentially have high upside. You know, you think, I think the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, the trade with them for Chris Archer, where they were able to get um, Tyler Glass now, who, you know, phenomenal pitcher. Um, you know, can throw hard, has great movement on his pitches. Still a young guy; they'll have him for years to come. Um, got Austin Meadows. I mean, they've they've made some great moves that have really set them up for a lot of success. I wish my Brewers had a little more success with some of their moves, but yeah. Well, I'm sure you guys will get there eventually. You win some, you lose some. I mean, as, as long as Christian Yelich can return to being normal Christian Yelich, which, I mean, if you look throughout his career, he's always been at least a 300-hitter, 20-home-run guy. So, you know, you know he's not going to – this isn't who what the type of hitter he really is. So, I'm, personally, I'm not super concerned. He had 11 months off, but, you know, because of his uh, fractured kneecap. So, I think that long delay and not having any spring tr- – training really hurt him so you know as long as Christian Yelich is in the lineup I feel better I think you know the Brewers have one of the better GMs of professional sports and David Stearns um, you know really gets into the analytics on things you know is willing to take a lot of flyers on players and a lot of times those don't pan out but Sometimes they do, like Jesus Aguilar from a few years ago. Granted, he's with the Marlins now, but he put up a solid season with them. You know, little little transactions like that make a huge deal to smaller market teams. Maybe not as much to teams like the Dodgers or the Red Sox or the Yankees who can just sign whoever they want. When you can do that, you can keep your farm system fully stocked. Yeah. But you know, yeah. Well, it definitely yeah. has been fun to watch. It's, it's the kind Rays of fun to watch this so. season, just with all their their young guys and lesser known guys. 
out there, but uh, well, I mean, the Braves, you know, I mean, today they got absolutely obliterated, but uh, the first two games, they looked pretty nice. Yeah, they, they gave up 11 runs in that first inning, which is actually the most runs ever given up. I, I believe I saw that's the most runs given up well, in a single didn't inning. Didn't they, like, in beat MLB their postseason record history. from last year whenever they gave up, like, nine in the, in the first inning against the Cardinals? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, tough start for them. I mean, you really ideally – you don't want to give any games to the Dodgers just because you know what kind of a lineup they have. But, I mean, Braves are still in a good spot, um, you know, to pull this out. So, I mean, I'm, you know, well, I, me, I picked the Dodgers, too. but I would much rather have the Braves. You know, Braves, it would Braves, be, Braves it would be two a little bit smaller market teams. A lot of fun, I think. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, Atlanta would, would finally might have a su- successful uh, franchise but uh but uh yeah Mark, sorry go ahead go ahead yeah well and I, I was just going to say one of the big reasons for the brave success has been Freddie Freeman I mean, he has been yeah. spectacular he's been incredible se- you know, just, not just during the season but this postseason just like well. watching him before the game like his like wife and his kids were at the stadium and he just I don't know, he just seems like such a, a nice guy. And uh I don't know. He might be the, the most like entertaining baseball player to me right now, at least this season. But I don't know, he's just he's pretty awesome, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's always been a great player, but this year in particular, especially with, uh, you know, he he had the virus earlier in the year. So, you know, to see him, you know, recover from that, because I yeah. believe he had he had some symptoms from that as well. Um, you know, just to see him come out and how successful he's been. It's been a lot of fun to watch, especially, yeah. you know, there's a lot of personality on that team already. So, but yeah, I think that's pretty I much wanna, it. I just want an interesting world right series. Now. That's all. Um, yeah, I, I'm all for some of these teams that don't make it quite as often making it there. It's nice to see. Yeah. You know, a, yeah. a different player selection in the World Series. I'm kind of sick of seeing the Astros lineups, the Dodgers lineups, you know, those types of teams. I'll make it every couple of years. Now let's see teams like the Rays and the Braves who haven't been in for a while. And, you know, once they, once they get yeah. in for, you know, once, you might not see them back for a while. Always fun to watch. Um, so sure. we want to move back to football. Even though our, go uh, to the NCAA. our college football playoffs have been 
dismantled after like three weeks. Yeah, that was, uh, there have been so many upsets so far. Like, yeah, well, it has been absolutely insane. After we lost to Kansas State, I was thinking, well, this is typical. We lose one game, then we win the rest of them, and then everyone forgets that we lost, like the second game of the season, and we make the playoff as a four seed. And then the next week, we lost to Iowa State. And now there's not even a point to watch college football for me. Well, it- no, at least your guys' season has started. Uh, still, I'm still waiting on Big Ten football. So, um, you know, it, it's been a little interesting looking at some of the the, the rankings because you know, still having the Big Ten teams in the top twenty five yeah. without playing a game is a little strange, but because. We'll I mean, with all the upsets we've seen, who knows how it's going to end up. I mean, I think you can still pretty much count on Ohio State being great. I have no idea what to expect as a Badger fan. Um, I know the defense will be good. I know the offensive line will be good. I know the running back will be fine. But uh, our quarterback, uh, Jack Cohn, just had foot surgery, so he's going to miss the first couple games at least. So maybe see our highly prized uh, recruit from a year or two ago, Graham Mertz. Uh, maybe finally get to see him in action. Uh, he's been our most highly touted quarterback prospect since <laughs> Russell Wilson, so I can only dream. But. <laughs> Be with being a Wisconsin fan, you you don't really uh, watch for quarterback play. <laughs> you watch for a lot. The you watch for a lot of defensive plays, right and you watch for the big run plays because well, their their offensive line is usually bigger than a lot of NFL offensive lines. So that's they're big. They're all two star recruits yeah. from Wisconsin. You know. Just, just corn fed, corn fed Wisconsin boys who they they get them into shape and they teach them how to block. So, I mean, I I, I think they'll still put up a good year. I'm not sure they're going to maintain their spot. I think I think we're ranked 16th right now, but I think the yeah, only Big Ten I, constant yeah, is going to be Ohio pretty State, much. unless somebody like Michigan or Penn State mm-hmm. can upset them. I don't see it really changing too much there. Well, considering Michigan hasn't been able to win yeah. a big game since Harbaugh well, uh, came in, the I'm defending <laughs> national champions LSU got upset by Mississippi State a couple weeks ago, and they are out of the top twenty-five for the first time in three years, I think. And then Florida. Got upset by Texas A&M this past week. Um, and, uh, I mean, you got to think if you lose one game and you're not Alabama or Georgia, you're pretty much out of it. But then again, that's the SEC. They could put four SEC teams in there. So, 
Yeah, and and going back on LSU, I I think I saw LSU is the first national champion. I'm not necessarily to surprised. Unranked. I was surprised they were ranked uh, so high to season. begin this year because you got to think like, okay, they wow. lost like one of the best quarterback prospects in I don't know maybe ten years uh, to the NFL, and then you know they lose Justin Jefferson, and then I I mean. And then they lose, you know, Grant Delpit. You know, they they just lost a lot of players. So I was honestly shocked they were ranked so high to begin with. But well, I mean, it's yeah, that hard was a mistake know. of my rankings. But yeah, well, that's that's the thing, you know. With recruiting, you're bringing in a fresh class, so never know how some of these high schoolers, you know, coming into college are are going to play their fill-in for their counterparts. So it's a little harder to judge, but, you know, LSU is a decent program, so I kind of expected them. I didn't expect them to, you know, be number one or anything like that or win yeah. a champion. Well, it looks like Alabama's I thought they'd be better than top. what they have them. And then uh... – this weekend, uh, we get uh, Alabama and Georgia. So, oh my! Well, uh, I'm not sure because did you see Nick Saban tested positive? <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah that that was early. That was earlier today. Uh, he uh, tested oh, positive, not make it. so nah, forget. Uh, I'm not sure that game's gonna happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I think uh, there was another team that had an outbreak too. I don't remember who it was, but it seems like college football is starting to get hit by some of the ke- the testing scenarios, which I'm not sure they're quite as well equipped to to uh, carry on. Yeah, as some of the professional leagues, but we'll see. I think the thing with college football is you're already going to have unbalanced records and schedules. Um, you know, with the Big Ten only playing eight games, and I think the Pac-12 is only playing seven. So you're going to have quite a variance in records, and there probably will just be some games oh, that are. I don't think canceled. you can cancel something like guess, Alabama like, and Georgia. No postponement. So. Right. Alabama versus no, no, no not Alabama and Georgia, but I'm talking smaller <laughs> games and conferences like, yeah, yeah, something, something like that, or you know, maybe I think like they should just do maybe a like giant Nebraska and team playoff. Like, <laughs> big just game. get rid of the rest of the season. Oh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We didn't get March Madness last year, so let's bring it back for football. <laughs> I think it'll determine on Which how they hopefully, handle college hopefully football. Hopefully, we get college basketball this year. Uh, I agree, but I mean, although with college basketball, right? I mean, the thing with football is you have so many more staff and people involved, like in so many larger rosters. So you would think that maybe maybe with college basketball they'd be able to at least find a way. Granted, I, I don't 
know if they'd be able to get in as many games. You know, maybe maybe it's limited th- like college football is to mostly conferences. But which I mean, in the Big Ten, think, even if the Big Ten is just playing itself, at least that's a good. You best can't do a bubble with college so. sports. You're going to get positive cases everywhere anyway. So. I, I don't know. It just it's going to depend more on how they handle it. I think because inevitably, every college is going to have a case. So, but. yeah. Well, uh, I guess yeah. we can talk about probably the most boring of the four sports currently going on. And that would be the W or not the WNBA, <laughs> the, the NBA. <laughs> if that's all, all I guess I, I, I didn't, uh, are, are we done with college football for now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the NBA does, uh, LeBron wins his fourth, hip, 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 football. I guess. What do you think? Jordan's better, <laughs> but I mean, I've, I mean, congrats to LeBron. I mean, congrats to the Lakers. This played out about as well as I think the league could have hoped with the Lakers winning. I think this was granted. I mean, ratings were down, but you know, with Kobe, I don't know Kobe's if it's the earlier in the year. It's a storybook. Ending. It's a storybook ending for the um, NBA and for Kobe. But if we're being realistic, I, I honestly don't know if, unless you're a Lakers fan or you're a LeBron fan, which, you know, I don't know the, you know, discrepancy between if there's more LeBron fans versus non-LeBron fans, but I don't know. I feel like most fans really would have preferred the Heat to win, but. I agree. Although I will say, I I think Anthony Davis well, think was the difference that was pretty maker. Clear after LeBron not didn't LeBron. even make the playoffs last year without Anthony Personal. Davis, but, but I guess uh, that brings me to a question: uh, Is Anthony Davis LeBron's yeah. best teammate at the time that they were playing together? I guess I should say. I mean, yeah. So like, you're Dwayne talking Wade, about like with Chris Bosh, compared to all of his other teammates Ray that Allen, he's had over the years. Kevin Love, Kyrie. Oh, those would be the main ones. That's... See, so I, I think LeBron with the Heat, those the he had the best. I think that was the best team because Wade and Bosh. We're both great support there. That's tough. I mean, I mean, Davis was able to carry a little bit, you know, more of the load, I think, than some of the past teammates. You know, especially here in the postseason. I don't know. It's definitely close. I, I would say it's bet- probably between. I would yeah, say. Dwayne I think it's got to be between those two and Anthony Davis. 
I mean, but they're they're different types of players. Like you know, Dwayne Wade was wasn't necessarily uh, as much about taking over a game as Anthony Davis is. You know, Dwayne Wade was kind of the do all player that could help get LeBron the ball or move the ball around, score when needed. Yeah. Personally, I think this year's Anthony it's, Davis it's is better than the four years of Dwayne Wade. But just because, like what you said, he can take over the game. He can score, you know, he can score 35 points whenever he feels like it, really. I mean, Dwayne Wade could, could you know, score a lot as well. But it seemed like, and I think I agree with you, I think the Heat team overall was better. But I think as far as a pure teammate, I think Anthony Davis, this year's Anthony Davis, is the best. Well, and I I think part of it has to deal with the expectation, you know, because Anthony Davis was brought in and expected to be, you know, one of the main contributors on offense. Right. And you know that, like a score from a scoring perspective, that wasn't that wasn't Wade's purpose. Wade was much more of a facilitator, strong defender, move the ball around, get it to Bosch, get it to LeBron, create passing lanes, open holes. So I, I think part of it has to you know deal with what the expectation as a teammate is because they both filled very different roles. But, yeah, I mean, if you're looking from a pure takeover a game, you know, and, you know, overall then, uh, points perspective, I guess, Anthony uh, Davis from this Is year, this the yeah. easiest run to championship for LeBron this year? I think it is. Yeah. I mean – I mean, granted, those Heat teams were really good, like I said, but I mean, shortened season, so less wear and tear there. I mean, granted, I know LeBron was one of the more vocal players about disliking the bubble, but he also, you know, there's yeah. some games you could just lean on Anthony Davis being the it's, vocal point. It's close, so because I think I think it was really besides like. The, the year they beat Golden State, the East was absolutely horrendous. Um, but, uh, I mean, obviously Golden State, I think that Golden State team, beating that Golden State team was harder than beating the this Heat team. And then I think, yeah, I mean, they beat the Spurs that year, even though – they had to, they had to beat Boston in the in the semifinals that year. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's they definitely. I, I don't know. It's it seems like it was the the easiest road. They didn't really have to play the one team that everyone was wanting them to play, which was the Clippers. But I don't know. It's a definitely. I just. I, they had a clear advantage over the Heat. The, the Heat just didn't – they were missing a piece or two. You know, they, they played well, but 
you knew they weren't going to match up well against them. So I think. Well, uh, well, who do you think wins next year? <laughs> early, I early, early why. prediction. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I have too bold to say the Bulls. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you can just, um, just pick the Lakers again, I, dude. I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I mean, early favorites. I, think the Warriors early, can, I was about to say early uh, favorites just to back, say the Lakers. Back there maybe. So, I mean, probably gonna. Have... I have no clue what to expect from the Warriors, to be honest, but. I mean, I think the. I mean, I think the Warriors will be back in the postseason next year, but I don't think this is still going to be the same Warriors team that everyone's been accustomed to from the last couple. Yeah, of years. I'd say you almost just had to pick so, the Lakers again if they I don't think really the change Lakers up are their roster be a better team too than much. I don't see LeBron falling off. Anthony Davis is obviously still going to be good. I, I think the only way they lose is if they have to play the Clippers or the Warriors, and hopefully that gives a good good playoff series. But Oh, true. Or, or if AD or LeBron gets hurt. Yeah. That's the other thing. I mean, AD has had some injuries in his past, so. But that's, that's about the – yeah, I agree. That's about the only way. I'm not expecting much to come out of the East. So, oh, the oh, I'm, I guess unless the Bucks my, do something amazing in free agency, Giannis goes to the Mavs Grant, and the Mavs. But I don't know. That would be oh, interesting. <laughs> the Mavs, if they can get that would somebody, be wild. It kind of would have been interesting if, like, which I guess Luca and Kawhi are kind of the sim- similar play style. But the Mavs def they need some other person to uh to be able to get past the next step, I think, but but who knows? Maybe they get Giannis. I mean Mavs are a fun team to watch, so I mean I I would think they'd be active in free agency or trying to spin a trade or something this offseason. You know, they they probably, I think they do need one more piece. So, yeah, that'd be, they'd be an intriguing option for sure. Yeah. The Mavs just especially, need to especially, play better you know, you defense. Think That's Luke what's is still going to get better. So. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess it's time for uh, yeah our last section. And I know we've ran a little bit longer than usual today, but that's just how the news falls. Um, so uh, sports we don't care about. It's uh, Rafael Nadal wins his 20th Grand Slam to tie the great Roger Federer. And, uh, you know, it's the finals match I wanted to see. However, it was not the finals match that, uh, you know, it's not necessarily – the results or the fantastic match I wanted to see because Djokovic just looked absolutely horrible. I had not seen him hit the ball into the net, hit it out as many times as what I did um, 
this past Sunday. I, I don't know if you watch any of it or maybe a highlight or two of it. Uh, I I didn't watch it. N- Nadal um, baked did, him in the I first set, six to zero. I didn't actually watch any of it. And then sometimes Djokovic will do that. I mean, he'll just like straight up, just like he'll go down like three to zero or four one, and he'll just like give give the set away, just because that's kind of his personality, I guess. You know, and maybe he wants to conserve some energy. But Rafa just, I mean, he dominated for that for the twentieth win and. He gets third. He has thirteen French Opens, which just is like ridiculous. So, um, hopefully, Roger can maybe win one more. But uh, I think Rafa and Djokovic will both end up passing him for for twenty. But, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is just, you know, I was talking talking to my dad about it a little bit, and this has just been a, you know, between those three players, it's been such yeah. a strong generation of yeah. tennis players right there. Well, uh, I guess that leaves so. the MLS. Yeah. Um you know, I, I did accidentally come across some MLS news, something about them having some issues scheduling some stuff. But honestly, <laughs> I cared to look into that just about uh, as much a, as Rex Grossman cared about throwing a double, into double right coverage. There, hitting the Bears, too. <laughs> so, um, not much to report there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but. Um, I think that pretty much covers up everything for today. So um, this has been episode five of the MJ Sports Podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week.